allows us to tell stories about the human condition. Isaac Asimov once said, individual science fiction stories may seem as trivial as ever to the blinder critics and philosophers of today. But the core of science fiction, its essence has become crucial to our salvation. Tell me how many lights you see. Yeah! Oh! It's all night! This is how liberty dies. It is. It's good to be back. It's good to have everyone here and uh, the whole fru- full crew together here. So, once we're all fully vaccinated, we should actually just do a show, like actually together. 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 Yeah, yes. we could. We could. I have. I, of, I have free lodging for him. Nice. <laughs> as of, well, and as of tomorrow, I, tomorrow's my two weeks after my second dose. So tomorrow, I am fully vaxxed. Good. Nice. Congrats. I'm excited. All right. Well, why don't we uh, talk a little bit about uh, tonight really is all about Lower Decks. We're going to be talking about Dave's favorite Star Trek show, Lower Decks. Uh, Better. uh, He likes it slightly better than the JJ-verse. And um, it's all going to be good. (laughs) Slightly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about what's going on in our sci-fi world. And there's some people we haven't heard from in a while. Primarily, M. Let's find out what's going on in your sci-fi world. Tell us um, all things sci-fi. <laughs> My sci-fi world has been watching as much garbage on HBO Plus as possible. Okay, good. Uh, because, so all the DC stuff is there, and I'm not saying that the DC stuff is garbage, but some of it is. <laughs> um, the... I, I've been working through the catalog that they have there of uh, of all the DC stuff, and I finally watched Batwoman, and I really think some of those writers have never met a gay woman, um, so I have a little problem <laughs> with that show, um, but I did really like it, and I thought it was kind of neat, so I'm looking forward to what's going to happen. I'm actually excited to see what's happening in the next iteration of it. Um, I finally sat down and watched uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Is that the correct title? Yeah. Sounds I good. believe it is, yeah. Um, I watched only those episodes because I was really annoyed with Arrowverse and I just couldn't be bothered. So I thought I've, I'd heard from, I think, from Dave and from Miles that it stands on its own pretty well. And I can report that having not watched the other shows, um, except for Batwoman, um, it really did stand on its own. And if there was something that felt a little like, oh, I wonder where that's from, they would drop a little nugget to give you the, the context that you would need. And it was nice to see some of the older faces and to hear the voice that one guy, the freeze guy, I miss him. I loved him as a character from, um, I keep calling them the Guardians of the Galaxy, but I know that's wrong. Um, that was a really, that was fun to go through. And I have watched the new Justice League. I watched the gray version because I don't know if you've he's there's you can watch it in all black and white now. The four hour version. It is pretty dramatic and it's 
uh, to me, it's the Justice League we all deserved um, and didn't get. But that's a long honkin' movie. Um, and then working my way through, I finished Ready Player Two, which was adorable. Um, I'm rereading Snow Crash. Uh, Neil, Neil, I can't think of his last name now. Such a great book and a great audiobook too. Uh, finished um, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and I'm very excited. If you don't know by now, I'm just going to spoil it. I'm very excited about Falcon America. That um, makes my heart sing. Um, and really just, oh, and the I saw Mortal, Mortal Kombat, and I didn't play the video game, but I watched it with someone who did and was incredibly pleased. So I'm curious for folks who have played the game what they think. Um, and then all the Godzilla and King Kong movies that were on HBO. The Godzilla versus King Kong was glorious garbage. I loved it. It was... <laughs> Really goofy plot lines that kind of ran parallel and never the twixt twained, but so much fun and beautifully done. Um, and all four of the movies, Godzilla, Godzilla, uh, King of the Monsters and um, Skull Island. The, like it's a nice it's a nice quadruplex of wonderful monster fighting garbage. I loved it. Um and I'm excited for new Batman coming out with, um, what's his name? Robert Patterson. Um, Cedric from Gryffindor. Uh, and I, I keep rewatching the, the, the trailer for um, Suicide Squad. And I get giddy every time. I'm really jazzed. It, it seems like it's going to be very irreverent, possibly insulting and a little gross. And I'm, I'm expecting that. And I welcome it with semi open arms wrapped in a raincoat. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. That's my sci-fi world. I'm sorry. I just kind of spat it all out. No, like, that's great. Great. That's great. I enjoyed hearing it. Em. I guess oh, I can go. Now. Oh, no. Oh, go ahead. Chrissy. Why don't you go? Ladies first. No. Uh, no, ladies first. That implies I'm a lady. Whoa. Um, <laughs> Yo, with your language. Do you, oh, not with your language. Is that what you said? <laughs> exactly. Not with my language. <laughs> sailor. Mouth of a sailor. I, mean, I did learn how to swear from an actual sailor. So. Oh. All right. Um. So I've been playing this, like, it's like a mist clone. Um, so it's like a puzzle game and it has obviously science fiction elements to it. It's called like Quern. Okay. Um, so been been working through that, which is, it's just really like relaxing and I like the music. Um, and my boyfriend's been streaming this really awesome game, Messenger. I could not, I don't have the the reflexes for it. I'm not used to like platformers like that. Um, but it's a really, really amazing game. And I kind of do want to get it for myself. So I'll probably play it and he'll laugh at me because I will fail so miserably at platforming, but that's okay. Um, I also like finally sat down and watched Birds of Prey. Um, I'd heard like a lot of bad reviews from it. So I was like, oh, I don't know. But then I thought, ah, what the hell? I have some time to kill. So watch that. I mean, it wasn't the most impressive thing. It wasn't the wasn't the least impressive thing. So, TV show or movie? Um, movie. Okay. Yeah, yeah like had problems. I mean, 
But it wasn't like... It's one of those things where DC... And maybe this is maybe this is some of the problem with people like DC versus Marvel thing is they want the DC stuff to be like the Marvel stuff. And maybe we should just not want like, I don't know, not expect that. Maybe just let it do its own thing and maybe it can still be good. Like maybe we're all expecting ice cream and they keep giving us pizza and we're like, I do, this is not working for me if I want ice cream. So maybe if we go in thinking pizza versus ice cream. You know, it will still be good because we like pizza. Um, I don't know. This is me trying to give them a better, more of a chance than I've given them before. So, um, started watching the animated series Dota, um, which of course is based off the video game. So it's very interesting um, <laughs> to see shows, movies, and things based off video games are so weird. Right. I don't know how to oh, say Mario. it. Mario Brothers did it great back in what the nineties? Oh yeah, please. <laughs> That's a great movie. What are you talking about? Yeah, I, I just I don't know what it is. Like, are you talking about the TV show or the movie? No, the movie. <laughs> the TV show was much better, but it was in five. Of course it was. Yeah, so I, I did start watching it, but it was just so. I don't know. It's kind of a mess, but that's in part because. It's based off a video game, and whenever you do that, it's it's always a mess. Video games ha- tend to have like weird, convoluted plots that just don't translate very well to that kind of a medium. So just maybe stop trying that. I don't know. Um, I also attempted to watch Bone and Shadow, which is apparently based off of a um, young adult fiction book that was really i think it was like from like 2012 so young adult fiction back then was just a hot mess of convoluted nonsense and everyone like trying to be the next um what is that horrible movie that everyone loved that was oh twilight no no well it was like it was like trying to match twilight and oh, what's that other stupid thing uh hunger games Thank you. Yeah, it was like a Twilight <laughs> Hunger Games thing. They're trying to like smash it together, like, and it just, it, like, I guess the people like Bone, really Bone. Yeah, yeah, Bone and Shadow or Shadow and Bone or whatever the heck it's called. Yeah, they were like trying to mash it together, and I don't, I don't know. Um, didn't do it. It for was you. nice. It didn't do. I mean, it was nice to see more representation. Um. Because it was, like, you definitely got, like, this is supposed to be Russia vibes. But, of course, Russia itself has, you know, some people from, like, Mongolia in their mix. And, you know, so it was nice to see different people from different races represented in a, I want to say, like, more European setting because, and it, and it worked. It wasn't just like, I'm going to put you in a random medieval town and then have like random, you know, it's clearly supposed to be like white medieval Europe and then have like, this person is randomly black for reasons because we decided we wanted diversity, which I'm not knocking diversity. I'm just knocking not realistic in some ways. Like if you're going to build a world with diverse people, build a world with diverse people and actually build a world. Don't just 
throw it in because you want to check the diversity box and make yourself feel better. Like actually do the work to make it good. That is my soapbox. Um, and then I ended up streaming all of Lower Decks as well because I did really enjoy it. Um, once I got out of my, like, this is Star Trek mode, I'm like, okay, this is this is a different kind of Star Trek. Right. So. Good. Dave, you wanted to go. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your sci-fi world? All right. Uh, finished Falcon Winter Soldier. Loved that show. Can't wait to see what comes next with them. Uh Finished the last Star Trek Picard novel I was listening to, Last Best Hope, which was really great, and started listening to Star Trek Picard, The Dark Veil. Uh, started watching this show that my stepdad kind of recommended to me on the, the Dust Network. If anybody's ever heard of Dust, it's a, one of those little mini little networks that they have, you got an app for, but it's all science fiction stuff. Oh, I've seen a bunch one... of those on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's one show in there called Other Space that he uh, recommended to me. And it's it's quirky. It's funny. Not quite a lot to hold my attention, but it wasn't bad for what it was. Kind of enjoyed it. And then this past two weeks, I've been on a, a serious Batman kick for some reason. Um, watched The Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. uh Batman 89 and Batman Returns. So that, that's really been about it besides Lower Decks. All right. All right. Very cool. And uh, Miles, how about you? So I am still watching Debris. Um, the Manifest uh, Season 3 uh, came back. Um, I also enjoyed Falcon and Winter Soldier. I loved everything about it, but I loved it even more that Julie Louise Dreyfus is is on it too. Um, I I loved her in Seinfeld and enjoying her in this. Um, I'm also watching uh, Flash and Black Lightning on a CW. Uh, rewatched Infinity War and I'm reading. I'm not didn't plan it this way, but it just kind of fell in my lap. As far as what I'm reading, I'm reading time travel novels that have to do with uh, prehistoric times and cavemen. So I just finished reading uh, Neander Part 2 Exploitation by Harold Johnson and just started the second novel in the 30,000 BC Chronicles. Uh, this one's called Tuscany by uh, uh, Matthew Thayer, uh, Dark Atomic, and Kelsey Sadler. Uh, so that's what, I, that's what I'm consuming in my sci-fi world. It's interesting, though, that it's very, it's, it's, very, it's very neat. That's very nuanced time travel you're into. I have questions. Yes. So is it someone who went back in those times and got stuck? Is it someone who just like I'm very, very curious. Like, what's the what's the basic premise? What, what's the how'd they get there? <laughs> Aside from traveling through time. Well, then the, the Neander series, there's two books out. This guy, he, he's an archaeologist. He's at the Rock of Gibraltar, and he takes a swim. It's a little more of a magic uh, trick. Uh, he, he swims in the water, and he find and he, and he goes to this portal. And he, when he comes up out of the water, he's thirty thousand years in the past, and uh, he meets these Neanderthals. And uh, <laughs> when he swims back to his own time after spending some time with the Neanderthals, things change slightly in his world. Uh, 
And so that's 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 the mode of time travel on that one. The second series I'm reading at thirty thousand uh, BC Chronicles. In the twenty third century, this international effort to send a, a ship through time for, for research, um, but a tidal wave hits the ship when they're there and kills most of the people. And so you have two separate teams um, doing their own thing um, with, um, I guess, Cro-Magnon men and uh, Neanderthals in, in, uh, in Italy. So um, that's, that, 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 that's that mode of time travel in okay. the one I'm reading now. All right. All right. I flagged the one that you put a link, you put a link in the books in the, in our little notes yeah. and I think I'm going to grab it. Okay, cool. Which one do you got to check out first? So it looks like the link you sent was 3000 BC Chronicles colon Tuscany. Do I start there? No, that's the second book. Okay. So I want Bordeaux. Yes. You want Bordeaux. Mm-hmm. Ooh, are they on France? Do the cavemen cheese and wonderful bread? Yeah. Do you yeah. recommend sipping on Bordeaux mm-hmm. while yeah. reading Bordeaux? That's right. There you go. Probably. I don't think they invented it yet. Uh-huh. Well, I yeah. would sit on Bordeaux while <laughs> I'd be like, if I'm going to read a book entitled this, I'm going to have right. of it. Uh, obviously. Oh, well. Obviously, yeah. Well, of course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have just purchased. There you go. Both books. I will read Bordeaux, Bordeaux first. Yeah. yeah. I, I look forward to hearing what you think about it, Em. I'm super curious. Yeah. So, my sci fi world. I have been uh, Lower Decks, obviously, watching. Um, Justice League, we talked about. Uh, but I decided to watch Aquaman, which I'd never watched before. And, really? and, and, I, and I really enjoyed it. It's one of my favorite DC movies. Um, maybe beside Wonder Woman, the original Wonder Woman. I haven't watched 1984 yet. But, I've, but so I, I really did enjoy that. Um, and then the, the other show that I began to watch because people keep talking about it uh, is the expanse. And I've never, I watched like part of the first season and I, I really struggled to get into it because I loved the book. I read every single book and I just couldn't make the leap from book to TV show. Um, but I began to, I go in these walks throughout the school and, and, um, so I began to watch it on these walks and it's growing on me slightly. Um, still not my favorite show, but I want to. I'm going to watch it and just see where it goes, um, and to see how see how it plays out. Uh, my my trick with dealing with book adaptations anymore is just reminding myself that it's it's basically a fan fiction. So yeah, yeah. Arts, I, I arts, arts arts different. It's just not the it's just not the or it's a parallel universe. Like I yeah. just I have to like mentally prepare myself yeah. to like go into them because I'm like True. it's not gonna be the book. You're not gonna be happy with it. You're gonna sit there and nitpick how they're wrong, and yeah. and you're not gonna enjoy this. So either. Get yourself into this is a fan fiction, and you're perfectly okay with enjoying it. Then, then it then it will work yeah. for me. I really, I really, I, I, it's it's, it's okay, and that's all I'm going to say. I'll reserve judgment till I'm further into this series. The other part, um, the other thing that I've been doing is been watching. Uh, we've been Kiefer and I have been going through the Marvel universe, uh, starting at the beginning, and that's been great joy. We're up to. Uh, 
uh, the first Avengers movie, just as they get to New York and are about to battle the baddies, um, and really enjoying it. And so, I have a question. Yep. Are you watching in in universe chronological order or movie theater release order? Uh, universe chronological order. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so cool. that's the way. Uh, minus the Hulk, we did not watch Hulk, and we skipped Captain Marvel because, because in Kiefer's words. Captain Marvel is too OP. So there you have it. What? Too OP, too overpowered. So, you know. But he has to watch it to understand why uh, she's powered that uh, I know, I know. And I, you know what? He didn't watch it. I watched it. So, so but I. Uh, well, but he's missing out. I, you're, you're preaching to the choir here, Em. You're preaching to the choir. So, so I'm with you. Other than that, I've been doing a ton of reading. Um, and let me pull up my phone here to see what I've been reading. So I worked my way through the Cimmerillion. Um, uh, again, this is my sixth time through it. And I, I really did enjoy it. And I also began to work through some of the other texts that Christopher Tolkien has released of his father's work. Um, the Children of Huron, um, The Fall of Gondolin, and Baron and Luthien. And that's the one I'm currently in. So I've been on a kind of a Tolkien kick again. Um, I guess maybe a little bit in prep for uh, the Middle Earth series. It's coming down the pike from Amazon. Um, but I, but you know, I've read I've read The Hobbit probably, you know, six or seven times in my life, and Lord of the Rings probably twelve or thirteen times. So I'm pretty much of a I'm a huge Tolkien fan. It's not all I read, obviously, but it's something that it's a passion about. And so what he does, what Christopher does you know, first name basis. What Christopher does is he really walks us through the process of his father writing these as well as telling the tale. So it's kind of interesting from a little bit of a perspective there, but that's been kind of what I've been doing. So my sci-fi. This, this, sim, um, I, I can never pronounce Cimmerillion. Cimmerillion. Yeah. That one, that's a big thick one, isn't it? A big, yes, thick it book. is. And you know what, what I think part of what got me into it, Em, you mentioned ready player two. There's a there's a segment of that that takes place and that that follows the novel that I'm actually in Baron and Luthien. It's kind of centered around what's happening in Ready Player Two, um, that whole event where they go to Morgoth and they grab the Cimmerill and they have to fight the wolf. You know that's all part yeah. of that tale. So okay, is anyone else getting like into Magic the Gathering again? Uh, no, maybe D and D, but not mm-hmm. Magic the Gathering. My, that is that is something I missed. I've definitely been getting back into Magic the Gathering. Yeah. But uh, don't you laugh. One of my friends who works on the cards um, has was his. He's got me close. He's got me close to getting into playing it because okay. um, he will have little Zoom games. Um, he's and it's been. I've been. You can watch the Zoom game or be part of the Zoom game. I'm watching. Has been really fun. Um, it, it is pretty fun. I especially like playing Commander. Yeah. Which means nothing to me. <laughs> so. Yeah, but. I'm still like I'm just starting to learn, and it's. Yeah. It, I think most of the reason for for wanting to get in to play it is because it's an interaction thing, and Gavin's a part of it, and I love how creative he is. So it seemed like all right. Well, I didn't play it 30 years ago when it started, or 20 years ago. But I have a lot more money now, so I'll just drop a bunch of cash there you go. and get all the cards <laughs> there you go. and go for it. 
Uh, all you want is a black lotus. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Super expensive. Yeah, like the, the most expensive card in the game. But that's like all I know about How Magic much is Yen. that? Um what 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 was the cost what of that card? It? The black lotus? Do you know? Um, what, well, right now cards are skyrocketing in price, so I'm I just I'm googling it right now because yeah. Um, oh, good lord! It just sold for five hundred over five hundred thousand. Yep. What? Yep. It is. It yep. is insane. For a card. Uh, yep. Yes. For a game. Yep. You got it. Yep. Yep. Um, as, I made uh, the wrong investments in my life. Oh yeah. Cow. Yeah. My my um, my boyfriend just went through his his card deck and was like cross like his his um file folder and he was like checking out some of his cards and he has like over six thousand dollars worth yep. of cards yep. apparently and he's like i bought these for pennies i, don't, I was yeah. like i was like damn yep. <laughs> well, there's your here, I'm, I, here yep. I'm thinking i should be investing in you know yeah my my uh retirement account but i should have been, paying, should have been buying magic, magic cards, cards. <laughs> you know, when, when people question, I sold a Barty B that I bought for, I think I paid like $60 for it 30 years ago. And my mom, I remember my mom saying, Why did you spend your money on this? And then in the last five years, I sold it for just under four grand. Yeah, that's insane. You know, when you get into magic, you just tell your friends and your family that I'm investing in my future and it's okay. <laughs> Okay. You never know it's going to be worth something. Like All those, right. I mean, right. and the, at the same time that Pogs game came out, the little round things that you, oh, yeah. and oh gosh. thought that thing was going to blow up and be super amazing, but and made fun of Magic because oh, it's a little nerd game. But here it is, a bajillion years later, really yep. constantly evolving, growing, creating new spaces, new. Yeah. Um, gameplay it's it's really impressive yeah yeah no the the ner the nerd geeky stuff is really surging in popularity yeah. um you know everyone everyone wants unicorns now and i was like where was this when i was in elementary school I know, and everyone right? made fun of me i was like <laughs> you know now everyone's like on facebook of the litus group being all like oh my gosh we have a templar and i was like well you all made fun of me when i dressed up as you know, Renaissance Fair and decided to run around town. What's wrong with you people? Yeah. I, was, I was setting trends way too early. You were apparently you were a trendsetter. Well, we apparently. really should we sure we really should move on into lower decks, or we'll just be yes. chatting about geek culture all night, which is what we're here for. Don't mind you, but yes. let's talk about lower decks a little bit here, at least. <laughs> um, Miles, why don't you introduce us to this, and uh, and then once you introduce, um, Dave, I'm going to have you start, because I know that this is a show that resonates strongly with you, and then we'll begin to dialogue about it. Uh-oh. So, Lower Decks was created by uh, Mike McMahon. The series is an adult animation comedy produced in association with uh, Tit Mouse Incorporated and forms... A part of Alex Kurtzman's five-year deal with CBS to expand the Star Trek franchise, Lower Decks focused on the support crew serving on one of Starfleet's least important ships. Of course, least important. So sad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, Dave, tell, tell us a little bit about – I know for you, this show is high up in your list. For you, what, made, what makes this show 
so awesome for you? Two things. First, it blends two of my favorite things together in one Star Trek and comedy. And I, I, can, I know I can always, when I have a bad day or weeks, I can put Star Trek on and just chill out, zone out, and I'm found my zen. Now that I can do it and laugh, it's even better. It's even better. It is something psychologically calming about it to me for some reason. The other part is, as a working guy who has had jobs at the the, the bottom, behind-the-scenes, labor-intensive jobs my entire life, I am glad to see some attention paid to my, well, animated brethren at this point. Um, Star Trek has always been great, but it's always been about, you know, the the officers, the top, the, the prim and proper Starfleet folks who symbolize virtue and integrity and all the fine Federation values and all this stuff, which is great. But they're not the guys who are actually getting shit done. <laughs> you got who are down below who, who are running the ship who are keeping the engine running and making things happen and it's great seeing them and i have never worked for any place in my life where you can't as the guys who do the work look at the people above you who like to sit around and be the 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 big company men and all this stuff and not be able to make fun of them. It, it is just something inherent between the white collar, blue collar difference that, that I, that I've lived. It, it hits so close to home like that for me. And it is, it is absolutely fantastic. Good. Good. Yeah. So uh, other thoughts here, let's uh, take this any direction we want. We're talking kind of about the, uh, the first episode, right? The second second contact, right? <laughs> uh, which in and itself is funny. But. Well, uh, I will I will echo what um, Dave said, but in a slightly different bent. It's just that for so long, so many stories have been told from that kind of upper echelon thing where that is the valued person those are the voices we listen to so to start having those things where the voices that you're hearing the stories you're listening to aren't those i mean how many times did i sit there you know during this pandemic and hearing you know politicians or you know county commissioners or whomever saying oh i talked with the administrators over at such and such a place and this is what they say and i'm sitting there going but did you talk to the people who actually are doing the job in the trenches to talk to them about what's going on and what they're seeing? Because, you know, I, I'm i not a nurse, but my, my parents are both nurses, and so I have followed, you know, their, their safe staffing laws and what they've been pushing for. And they're like, oh, we talked to the administrators, and they said that, you know, our staffing is perfectly fine. I'm like, but then why are all the nurses saying that they're not fine? So I, I just – I really like that there's a show – that is saying that, that you should pay attention to what's going on in the ground. So it is a fun show. It is, a, you know, to watch and enjoy. And I also really like that underlying message of, you know, 
listen to what the people in the lower decks are saying. Yeah. Here are their stories. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Um, um, your thoughts on the show? Um, I mean, it's <laughs> it is it is a very different Star Trek, which I I adore. Um, I mean, I grew up. There was original series, which was campy and interesting, but cheesy. Um, and then you got that you got your prim and proper TNG, and then um, Deep Space Nine it was a little bit of prim and proper, but a little more like okay, I, I need to break free, but it didn't really break free. And then with um, with uh, oh my god, the one where they got lost on the other side of the universe, Voyager, Voyager, Voyager. Voyager, like oh, they can do whatever they want, but no, they're gonna stay tried and true and stick with. Like all of the rules and regulations as best as they can, and well, all right. And then Enterprise was just Enterprise. Um, all right. <laughs> it's been a long road. Don't start. You know, I found I found the music for that, and I've been trying to learn it on the ukulele. Oh, so. good, good, good. Ooh, why would you torture me this way? Start playing it. Oh, yeah, I hate this song. It's, no. it's, it's great. It's, it's I hate it so bad. It's great. It's terrible. It's horrible. The characters, like right off the bat, the um, the the actress's name is Tawny. Um, Mariner. Yes, just right off the bat, she has no f's to give. Uh, Mariner's just been she's been through it. You you know, there's more backstory to it, but there's just something like she. There's book smarts and street smarts, and she's definitely. Like she's space smarts, and I appreciate all of her willingness to like her collar's open, her sleeves are rolled up. She refers to the she doesn't say sir, she calls everybody by their name, unless like it's absolutely necessary. She just zero f's to give, but still gets the job done. And I've never seen that in Star Trek before. And it made me very happy. And then watching um, and the Boimler, Bo- Boimler, yeah, Boimler, Boimler. Thank you. He watching him be so neurotic, just a complete nutcase. The two of them together have been a, a delight because I've never seen anything like these two before at all in a Star Trek environment. It's a little bit like a Laurel and Hardy uh, comedy. Watching those two. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, because you have this series, a little bit more serious, a little bit more prim, and then you have the one that's kind of the goofball in the group here. But uh, I mean, ma- but she's a really smart goofball. Yeah, like yeah, she's. Yeah. It's more like it's more like um, Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin. Oh yeah, I could go over that. Yeah, Miles. I, I- <laughs> yeah, Miles, you have a slightly different perspective on the show. I want to get your perspective because obviously you're also a lifelong trekker. Um, what? Well, tell me, uh, your thoughts on lower decks? Um, I don't care for it as much. I just I have a hard time embracing it. So, so what for and, you? What for you? Kind of as you watch it, kind of rubs you the wrong way, or makes you say this isn't really Star Trek for me. I'm I'm loath to say it's not Star Trek. You know, if it, you know, it's obviously Star Trek to many people. I'm just saying, for me, I just can't embrace it. It is so irreverent, so silly, so comedic. Um, 
and I don't mind some comedy in my Star Trek, but the tone is just so different from the other shows. I mean, you take a show like the Orville. I know it's I know it's going to be irreverent. I know it's going to be comedic. Seth MacFarlane. I'm already ready for it. I've watched, you know, how many different Star Trek shows, and yeah, they they have their own different things going on, but there is a certain a level of seriousness in those shows, and then and, and this is just such a polar opposite. For me, I I just can't embrace it. Um, it's just. It's just not my Star Trek. If it's your Star Trek, great. If it gives you joy, if you find entertainment in it, God bless you. I'm right. not gonna, um, I'm not gonna hate on, on it. I'm just saying, I, I just can't get into it. Um, right. uh, Ensign um, Mariner would never make it in Starfleet. Right. I mean, uh, she wouldn't have made it through the Academy with that attitude. It's just, it's, it's, a, it's asking me to believe, to suspend my disbelief so much. To be fair, to be fair, there is indications in the show that she was not always acting this way, that she had a more prim and proper academy experience, but she, Mm. she became this way later on after it and was demoted. Yeah. And was demoted in the process. So, but I hear you waving her waving around a, a bat lift and she's probably drunk off her ass and chasing Boimler with it. And then she ends up stabbing him with it. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, so, I, would so, that I wouldn't do before. that if I had a bat. Lift. Okay. So, so, so for me, one thing that I need to find enjoyable, cause I, I actually don't view it as like Canon star Trek. I, I really gonna, don't. That's a question. But, Is this Canon? Is this Canon? Well, Absolutely. Yes, hold on. But, <laughs> so I, I personally don't view it that way, um, but it kind of reminds me of the crazy, stupid shenanigans that we would just go off on and say that we were doing in a Star Trek universe when I did an online text simulation in middle school. So part of me enjoys it just for that because it feels like I'm watching like two of my friends having like a Star Trek sim and I'm like watching them doing this from middle school. Cause that really, that's what it feels like to me. So that I think that might be one of the reasons why, because I think normally I'd be over with miles and be like, what is this crap? But it just, it really does feel like I'm back in middle school having, you know, the text sim. Like, and then he got, then my character got eaten by a giant spider, but it turned out to be perfectly okay because she wasn't eating him. He was like sucking on him. Right. She was suckling him for some moisture. For, 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 the, for the water. For his yes. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely, it's, it's definitely irreverent. And it's yeah. sometimes you just you really need that that a just a complete satirific view of something yeah. so that you can you can break it down and just have some fun with it because if it's too serious all the time for some folks that can be a lot so having that little having that little break that little flavor and then it's animated so it's kind of fun and goofy. I, I've really enjoyed it, and I consider it canon because of every Easter egg they drop is delicious. Right. Um, TNG characters have been on it, so that's super fun. Right. Um, they've they've really 
it's it's kind of like the you've got your work that you do, and then you've got your side of the desk little projects. It's a side of the deck project. Yeah. It's you know, it's just it's something very fun and cute. Let's just make it to like release some serotonin in our brains and have some fun while we figure out what's going to happen. And, you know, um, the, the new shows on, on Paramount are very serious and dark with great moments and what's to come is, is could be in that kind of darker, more raw vein. So having the little like Mac and cheese fun, goofy version is kind of nice. Although I am curious about the the Nick isn't there something coming out on Nickelodeon that Star Trekky that has oh Janeway Janeway Janeway, Janeway uh, Star Trek Prodigy yeah so there's a kids version and I'm pretty sure they're not going to go the route of of lower decks um, right but what that's not kid friendly <laughs> <laughs> well you know the whole sucking Boimler <laughs> thing that the this creature that you mentioned. You know, does have precedent in Star Trek because Michael Berman gets eaten by that creature and thrown out in Discovery. Yeah, see, there's precedent, well, right? It's yeah, connection. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, and, and some of it is just some, them like poking fun at like how things happen in the show. Like you can tell oh, that some yes. of this really is them right. just. And that's just some of the fun. Ridiculous. That's Simon. That's some of the funnest stuff when they poke fun at things the show has been known to do. They're making fun of themselves, and and I do really enjoy that. It's also yeah, the I first. Like it's also episode. the. It's also the first episodic Star Trek we've had in a while. Yes, that that is true. I really like the later episode where, like, at the very end, Q shows up and she's like, "Oh, go bother Picard." <laughs> <laughs> She's like, she even tells Q, like, I'm not having any of your crap. And how very prescient of her, because the newest season of Picard has Q in it. So right. clearly, so we're going to find out later that Lower Decks is just Q messing around and like allowing this to happen. Yeah. There right. we go. Is that right. make it okay for you, Miles? I made it, I made it, I made it canon that way. <laughs> well, call <laughs> it a Q problem. There we go. I do, I do perspective behind it, Miles, because it's something when you hold something as you when you're used to something and you hold something sacred and you have a lot of respect for it. When when it is satirized or taken to a place that like it it can be uncomfortable for for those who really love and follow it. And can I can I argue on my behalf too? I, I I would say this like if you're used to the Star Trek that we've been given up to this point, up to lower let's say before Lower's decks, Star Trek has always been about a a, a message that comments on society um, that that pushes us to think beyond what can we become to deal with issues that are not always easily tackled, right? And now we have a show that's messing around and, and poking fun at Star Trek itself. It's it's not a, a yes, some of those issues are kind of underlined, but they aren't really the premise of the show. You're really here because there's goofiness that's going on in Star Trek and we're going to point that out to you. And so it's very it's a very different flavor of Star Trek. Um and you know, what does it mean to be human in Picard? You know, when we, we deal with the replicants, right? Um, what is it, you know, who are we, you know, as Starfleet, you know, finding out, you know, with the Michael Burnham story, especially as we get into the future, what makes Starfleet and who are we? And, and 
And yes, there's a story, but there's much more. There is still a message there, but we have something that's very different in Lower Decks. Indeed. Although I do, I do like the one, and I don't think it's—I don't remember which episode it was because I, I streamed it all. So we're—I guess we're just talking about it in general. Um, is when like she's like, oh, so you thought that you could just like make one visit and then solve all society's problems, and look at this—they're right back to killing each other, you know? So in, in some ways, it, some of their critiques is really are really valid, even though they're done in a funny fashion. So. You know, the, the idea of, okay, well, we're going to come in here, we're going to have this, you know, episode, and oh, we solve this society's problems, and then we're going to go flying off into space, and they're just going to live in peace and heart. No, that's not what's going to happen. They're, they're gonna, there's going to be a lot of work that needs to be done. You know, you can't just pull a shenanigans at the end of, you know, your visit and topple an entire, you know, regime. That's That's not how that works. So... It's it's nice that Star Trek has this idyllic thing that we're reaching for, but I think Lower Decks kind of like when you're talking, as I said at the very beginning, between that administrator versus the people on the ground who actually have to implement it. The people on the ground have to implement it are like, that is really nice. You have these warm, fuzzy ideas, but um, then take a little bit more than that. You know, I need we need money. We need you know, infrastructure, we need support, we need to be able to get this stuff in place to do the things you want us to do. So. It, yeah. it makes me think of the moment in um, Spaceballs where they're on the, the sand planet and I'll comb the desert. <laughs> they're talking to, to the, all the guy and they're out there with the combs and, they, you know, have you found anything? Not yet, sir. Have you found anything? <laughs> Have you found anything? We ain't found them. Um, now it's Tuvok. Tim, yeah, Tim Russ's favorite favorite moment in his career. Lower <laughs> Dex to me is that is that is the opportunity when we talk to the people who are the ones who are like, we have not found. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I, I'm I'm I, I support Miles's um like this is not of his palette and that's okay because it is, it's weird and different and not everyone's going to like it. And that's totally cool. Let's talk a little bit about the, the animation style itself. I mean, this is a, uh, again, it's first uh, we've seen animation in Star Trek before, uh, but this is different. This is different. Uh, What do you guys think of the animation, the way they're carrying it off? I like the exterior shots a lot. Hmm. The, uh, I mean, it's it's very it's like TNG but animated. Um, I mean, I lo- the, the opening shot. I mean, it's goofy but it's beautiful. I mean, just uh, <laughs> hilarious, you know. Uh, but uh, the inside shots, the the, the interiors, yeah, it's okay. Right. I mean, yeah, but it, and it looks like TNG style. As far as the inside the ships and and the characters and stuff, it's they've they've stayed pretty true as to what like Klingons and Ferengi and Andorians look like. Can I, I have a question? Do we know what era this? Is, what where's where's it fit in the timeline of Star Trek? So I tried to f- find what I could. It, it, I read something where it basically takes place at twenty three eighty, like right after the events of Star Trek Nemesis. 
which would make sense because there's an episode where Riker and, and Troy make an appearance in the in, in the Titan, and um, he he got that ship after after the events of Nemesis. So okay, so it ties it in. That, I, I, I was gonna say it's it's after um, the Next Generation, but before right. Picard in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I wasn't exactly sure where. Yeah, according to IMDb, twenty three eighty is correct. Go miles. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Miles. I would never doubt his skills at, at, at Star Trek. Not Star Trek. The, the, the fountain of useless information is there for you. Bring it on. Bring it on. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the animation, it reminds me, it reminds you of some of the animation that you've seen in um, the, the, the guy that created this has done, did another show. What other show was he famous for? I forget it was. Rick and Morty. Wasn't yeah, it? and you yes. see that you, you see that you see that feel a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it definitely has that kind of a feel to it. So, yeah. and I love Rick and Morty. So that's uh, okay. There you go. That helps. Yeah. So, how about the voice actors in it? The the one that I was excited about was, of course, Jerry O'Connell because I'm like Sliders is back, but no, <laughs> <laughs> but. The voice acting, I did like. I do like the voices in it. So yeah, the guy who does Rutherford, Eugene Cordero, he's so good. He is. I, I. If you never watched Tacoma FD, oh my god, <laughs> watch Tacoma FD. Uh, the guys, the Broken Lizard Troop, the guys who did Super Troopers and, and and such, and he's in that show, and, and he's hilarious. He is hilarious. He's in the Good Place. Um, he's Pillboy. Oh, is uh, he? Yeah, he's 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 the he. Uh, I can't remember the other actors' name, the other character's name, but they're the guys from Jacksonville who had the dance crew. Um, oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's just he cracks me up, and I've seen him in some other stuff. He does voices on uh, Steven Universe, which is an adorable. Um, and I've seen him randomly here and there, like do actually do like serious roles. And it's very hard. I just kind of want to go, come on, be Starkey, do something. Um, <laughs> he's very, very talented. Very, very. Oh, it was, it was Skull Island. He was this, this Marine. He was a Marine. And I was like, this is, that's Pillboy. That's not <laughs> cool and silly and loves Jacksonville. He was very, very, very funny. And Jack Quaid, I did not realize it was until I looked it up. Jack Quaid does not sound like himself in this. Um, he, he does a great job of being Boimler, and um, there's a lot of a lot of uh, voiceover talent that's like big into voiceover work. So I like the mix of of screen actors plus voice actors together. They they've they've done a great job. I would like to work on there. I, for, I would watch it if you were doing a voice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would just send you my scene so you wouldn't be tortured <laughs> by all of it. There you go. There you go. One day. I do like the captain. The cap the voice of the captain. Like she's done a ton of stuff. Um it's it. It's I'm, she was I'm in, cheating here. I'm she was in John uh, Lewis. Yeah, she was in Veronica Mars. Um, she was the voice. Hey, uh, 
Chrissy, you'll like this. World of Warcraft Shadowlands. She was in the, a video game. She was voiced in the video game. So. Did you? Carmen Santiago. Like the Simpsons. <laughs> yep. So she was in a bunch of different stuff. But Holy cow. She's got a long career. She does. She does. Right. Haley Joel Osment uh, guest voiced uh, Did he? One. Yeah. What was he? What did What did he do? He was his character, uh, Lieutenant O'Connor. Um, I keep trying to find the episode that he was in, but um, and then Phil uh, Lamar is in it too. Yeah, he was in Moist Vessel, which is what I was watching just before um, <laughs> I started. I came to, I came on. We started recording. Just the uh, just the title already has me like oogied out. Um. They're so funny. Yeah, the uh, the chief engineer on the Serratos, uh, Paul Shear, does his voice. Oh, Paul uh, he, he he came onto my radar in the show The League. If you've mm. ever watched The League, a, another just hilarious, hilarious show. If you're a sports fan, um, loved him in that. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked the voice acting in this. I feel like they uh captured the characters really well. Yeah, they had you could tell that they were having fun with it. Um and and just did a really good job. So I, I did enjoy that. Yeah. And they all recorded remotely because they recorded during COVID. And to oh, get okay. to get to get that kind of work. I mean, a lot of a lot of voiceover work is done individually in the studio with directors, and very rarely is it with the other actors. But they, it it sounds like they were around each other. Oh yeah, because absolutely. The, the the engineers who put who put the sound and the and chose the lines, it's it really well done. Yeah, they it, yeah. it's stupid goofy, and I love it. I'm gonna watch it a lot. Yeah. And you know the thing the thing you have to look at is Mike M- Mike McMahon man Mon I don't know how you say his last name Mike McMahon yeah McMahon thank you McMahon uh, but you know it's it's clear that he has a huge love of Star Trek because in order to create something this way that pokes fun at it he has to have a deep understanding of the show Absolutely. and right. so so it's. It's almost like a love letter. I know, Miles, you may not feel this way, but it's almost like a love letter because he's poking fun and making fun of all the things that that Star Trek fans know but kind of dismiss because it's not really – that's not the important thing about Star Trek. But here we are, and we're poking fun at it, but he, know, he, knows, he knows Star Trek. So it, it, it's, it's for me, I, I have huge props for him. Because uh, he, he obviously knows some stuff, and he's probably been consulting with Dayton to make sure he gets stuff right, and you know that's just the way it is. But. So it feels like if Seth MacFarlane had been given permission to write a real Star Trek show, but wasn't, and so had to jump through a lot of hoops to make sure his version was not legally anywhere too close to the actual thing. But this guy actually got cart like he was he he was here. You have permission to take right. one of these sacred uh, uh, franchises amongst amongst the peoples, and 
with our blessing, you can have some fun with it. I think Seth McFarlane was about two or three years ahead of his time. If he, yeah. if he had pitched it two or three years later, CBS yeah. would probably have said yes. Yeah. So, but he was ahead of his time before, before that. Not that and I regret the Orville. I'm glad we have the Orville. So I love, I, it's the Whenever. same kind of irreverence with a taste, a dose of like direct reality. Like we can't fix this shiz in just a minute in, in 48 minutes. Come on. Yeah. 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 One day, one day, Miles, you're going to have like, you'll catch a cold and you'll be curled up in bed and you'll be really like, there's nothing to watch. And maybe you'll get through like a couple more episodes and, and be and just say, I've seen it. I acknowledge that it exists and I'm going to move forward. Yes. In, in his delirium, he may like it. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Given enough, given enough uh, cough medicine. Yes. All right. Let's try this. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Well, is there anything else we have to say about either the first episode, which we kind of talked around it? are about the show itself before we uh, move toward uh, wrapping up the show here. One of the most real things that they brought up in this show to me was the episode here when they discover buffer time. Yes. <laughs> yes. One of the most real, the most real life things there. And it's, it's, I'll give it to it. It takes its place in Star Trek canon. When Scotty's talking to LaForge and saying, you didn't tell him how long it would really take, did you? <laughs> no. Yes. You're always I mean, build in your garbage time, your buffer time. Well, I, I will I will say that I, I do do that um at my at my work when I'm scheduling things, but not because I wanna like sit down and eat like bonbons and like stream, you know, random stuff on YouTube. It's because stuff happens and if i actually scheduled myself and said yes this is only going to take an hour and not like i'm going to have 20,000 interruptions in between you know when i start a project when i finish it um i would never get anything done so i mean i do i do recommend that people schedule buffer time not because of you're going to be eating bonbons and you know or at the uh ship bar downing a drink but because you know if, if you're really busy you should um but yeah. yeah sometimes it's nice to have buffer time where you're just like oh i, I have 15 minutes true i can pee i know i can go to coffee i can go to the bathroom i can actually i can actually take my half hour lunch i mean this is shocking yeah and i'm not gonna lie it has been you utilize understanding and utilizing buffer time has been one of the greatest career moves I've ever made. Exactly. Because it has enhanced my reputation far beyond what it <laughs> probably reasonably should be. I'll be there well, in about I mean, 20 minutes, five minutes later, I'm there and it's done. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. I so, mean, suddenly Dave's a miracle worker. Dave's a miracle worker. <laughs> you want something done? Is get it, Call Dave. Call Dave. And yeah. they do, which then lowers the buffer time because now I get a thousand calls a day instead of the normal 20. You just extend your, you just need to extend <laughs> See, your buffer you, time then. Extend my buffer you just, time. <laughs> you just, you just gotta, you know, make sure that occasionally buffer time really isn't buffer time, but you really do take the full three hours just to make sure. Well, but, now it's gotten to, I'll try to get to it by the end of the week. <laughs> right, right. Thank you, COVID. Uh, 
you set the expectation. That's it. And you add a little extra time just in case. And then when you deliver ahead of schedule, you can surprise and delight whomever you're right. You're absolutely. Them. Like, oh, look, and Dave's a miracle worker and... again. He did it in three yeah. days instead of a week. And, and think about how much work satisfaction goes up because people are praising you. See, buffer time. It's, it's, a, it's a healthy thing. It's good, it's good for you. <laughs> You and we learn in that episode how healthy it truly is. Exactly. When the crew starts falling apart because they're overworked. Right. Exactly. Work-life balance. These are things. Yeah. See, even even irrelevant Star Trek can teach us about humans. Yeah. Again. Good. And what we should aspire life. to. We should aspire to have over time. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to figure out how I build that in as a teacher. You tell that you you lobby your union for um, oh yeah two that's prep gonna periods. work no two fine. prep periods <sighs> it takes you, could do me like a, you could do like I do with my wife tell them hey we gotta leave by eleven o'clock in the by eight o'clock in the morning so that when I really want to leave at ten we're ready to go right right how does that work I, with I, how does it work with school you well, tell them hey this is due on Friday until none of them turn it in until Monday. You're good to go because that's when you were really planning to have it anyway. There you go. See? I don't think that's a life lesson you should teach your students. <laughs> I mean, there there are there are quarterly like there are quarterly computer based trainings that everyone in my company has to take. And every team is responsible for the people in their team to make sure that they're done. And I'm I'm part of the group that finds out like how many of these we have who's got the list who has them and how much time they have so when they say yeah every they have until june 20th to get all of these complete i absolutely lie to them and i tell them we have to be <laughs> done by june 10th this is the due date june 10th no that's an old communication the communication i just got was june 10th we have to get it done by june 10th the that you and got first- from yourself is it's now due june 10th <laughs> So now, and like for until last quarter, I had 11 quarters in a row of having 100% compliance and completion before the due date. And I'm very proud. And then last quarter, I got someone who was snarky and just chose not to do them to be a, to be a, an appendage with that <laughs> one. Family right. friend. No. Um, he was a dick. And <laughs> I was gonna say it's not family friendly if I get on a rant. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I've like, and every every quarter people forget that I lie about the date, which makes me happy. And none of them listen to this. <laughs> good, good, good. Yeah, you, know, you got. I will do that with myself when it comes to doing um the grant data because nine times out of ten, if I wait do the grant data there's going to be a client in crisis and that grant data is not going to get done because like what are you going to say to someone when they call you up and they're like oh my gosh my landlord is doing this or you know i have to get to this doctor's thing or whatever emergency they're having and i'm sitting there going i'm sorry but i can't help you today because i have grant data to do i mean like what no yeah, it doesn't happen doesn't happen no i i will never i will never look at a client in need and tell them i have grant data due today so i can't possibly help you i'll be like no the grant data can wait they all can just cool their jets for 24 hours yeah 
Yeah. Well, very good. So that's uh, Star Trek Lower Decks. So that's uh, that's it right now for Star Trek pilots, right? It is. So. so we need to figure out where we, what, what pilots we're going to do next. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I was thinking we can, like last year, we look at uh, other other pilot shows. Like I, maybe review Stargate Atlantis, the pilot for that. Find some other shows we, we haven't. Uh, yeah. I was going to re- suggest, like, we move to a new star. So from Star Trek to Stargate and just work through the Stargate shows. Yeah. Have we done that yet? Did we, we did SG-1, right? Did we do SG-1? We did, yeah. We did, we SG-1. did SG-1. That's right. Yeah. There's there's a there's a couple of SG TV shows. So there's SG One, Stargate Atlantis, Stargate Universe, Mm -hmm. and yeah, the animated series. No, I'm just kidding. There was an animated series, but was there? We don't speak of it though. Yeah, we don't speak of it. Um, (laughs) I didn't even know it existed. Well, there you go. Now you have something to look for. Um, No, no, do not ruin. I. I know that tone. That is a tone that says this will ruin something for you. So don't watch it. <laughs> Star. Really, I hear it's horrible. It means I have to watch it. Like of course. Track. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, we can go to the star. It. We can do the star Wars TV shows. Oh yeah. Uh, so we keep so it on star. Right? We could go to police dramas and go through all the CSIs. Oh yeah. <laughs> Cause I mean, those are practically, you know, science, science fiction. fiction. With the, yeah. Come with on. The way that they have forensic science absolutely here zoom in on this highly pixelated you know thing and clean it up magic i now have the well we will talk about it offline and get back to you listeners and let you know what we'll decide and what we're going to be watching next maybe they could make a list of suggestions they can maybe for miles we can do all like time travel tv shows Ooh, i do like that idea and then we can discuss the paradoxes yeah that would be a lot of fun. I think we should all watch original Battlestar Galactica and Galactica 1988. There you go. Or 1980, sorry. Oh, yeah. I mean. Yeah. I have that on DVD. Wait, wait. That's, I, I have it on VHS. Oh. That's awesome. But do you have a way of watching it on VHS? I do. I, I still have a functioning Betamax and VHS machine. Wow. Because I have V and V the final battle on beta. See, I would love to watch V, but V is not streaming anywhere. And you know, either I would love to like the V the mini series, um, the first one. I would love to do a, a couple of shows on that. I, I love how I may be able low to check the sci fi diner is nah. <laughs> Miles. The TV yeah. show, I might be able to. I I may have a connection on that. Interesting. I mean, I have the DVDs, but uh, not not every not all our friends the, here. The, the the people might be listening. Whoever enforces those copyright things. Right, right. Yeah, whatever you're talking about. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> it could just be that I sent him my copies so he could watch them too. Yes. Uh, right. Well, that's <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, hey, it's been a pleasure chatting with each one of you folks tonight. It's been a good show. Good to talk about Glower Decks, even though we aren't all in agreement. And that's good. That's what makes it fun is to hear different perspectives, right? I was happy seeing you all tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I was happy too. Yep. All right. Well, we will we will be meeting here in a couple of weeks again um, to do maybe more general science fiction show. And by then we will hopefully know 
what we're doing for our next pilot. And uh, we do have to talk about our uh, karaoke show sometime. Down the pike, down the pike. Yeah. I know what song I'm singing. <laughs> I will hate you forever. <laughs> we will I'm talk about that. And I'm going to earn it. I will record it using three different ones so that I have the three voices, a tenor soprano and a, and a, and a, and a, and a concert. So there's just, I will, I'm, I'm endeavoring because I hate this song. I'm going to learn to play it. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I don't so understand the Never come back. And I could see you leading the biggest sing along yeah. with that song and your ukulele. That's right. I can see I'm that. just gonna roll up in a, at a con with my uke on my back and just just start strumming. We can just, we can just call Dominic Keating and get him to sing it for us. Yes. Can we can we call Scott Bakula? Oh yeah. Well, maybe we can do that. But. <laughs> All right. Well, it's about time for us to wrap it up here. Uh, Miles, why don't you take us here out of the show? All right. Till next time. Good night and good luck. We'll see ya. Do your dailies. Wear your mask, guys. Just a little bit longer. Oh, we're leaving? Okie dokie.